Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another All-22 Daily. I am Chris Lombardi, and I'm joined by Ray Cotto. Continuing on the tight end conversation that we started yesterday, where we had a really exciting discussion about Dalton Kincaid and Darnell Washington, I'm going to start off by taking us, uh, taking us through my number one tight end, Notre Dame's Michael Mayer. So in my opinion, he is easily the most complete tight end of the bunch. He's 6'4 and a half, he's 249 pounds, and he's still just 21 years old. So let's start it off just talking about kind of his receiving ability, right? He had a 91.6 receiving grade as a junior after an excellent 82 grade as a sophomore. He started for the better part of both of those uh, years, and he actually started as uh, got some playing time as a freshman as well. So a three-year starter, um, really, you know, like to see that. He had 255 targets on his career, almost 100 more than Kincaid and 180 more than Darnell Washington. So... That's a pretty big separator in my book. Then 180 receptions and 18 touchdowns as well. He lined up out of the slot uh, almost as much as he did as an inline blocker, which is nice, right? Shows he they see him really as a wide receiver as well. And he took 51 snaps truly out wide as a wide receiver. Love the versatility that that offers. Looking at his tape, his receiving ability really just jumps out at you right away. Time and again, I watched him kind of sink his hips, break down defenders to win routes as a true wide receiver would, something I did not see a lot of of the other tight ends in this uh, this class. And he didn't just do that to linebackers. He did it against safeties too. His route tree is much more advanced than a Kincaid's is, in my opinion, even if Kincaid might have a little more agility, agility and wiggle. But the big separator to me is his blocking ability, right? Yesterday we were talking about Darnell Washington maybe being the number one blocking tight end. I think Mayer has an argument to also be in that conversation. Uh, you know, it's not all about the combine pushing the sled videos that that uh, make the rounds, but it's also about what he does on tape. And on tape, I saw a true inline blocker with body control, good arms, strong hands, uh, with the ability to drive defensive ends and linebackers alike. Junior season, he earned himself an 82.1 PFF run blocking grade and a respectable grade in both his freshman and sophomore seasons. Unfortunately, Mayer's combine performance is really the big disappointment. On Notre Dame's website, he is listed at 265 pounds and then at the combine came in just under 250. So that's a huge miss, right? That's a huge difference. Uh, short arms, small hands to go with it, and none of his athletic numbers were really all that exciting. He had a 4.7 to 40 time which is pretty lackluster. But being that he's only 21 years old, uh, I still think he has time to improve on that strength and that athleticism. And ultimately, I decided to kind of like trust the tape and keep Mayer as my number one tight end of this class. Yeah, that's... Uh, Mayer's a weird one as far as his measurements go. So when you watch him, you think he's going to measure in much bigger than he actually did. And so now I have to go back and see like where his shoulder pads just oversized or what. Uh, so he's six, four and a half and he has a six or sorry, six, four and a half with a six, four and a quarter wingspan. And like, what even is that? That's, that's really rare on the negative side of things, right? Normally you have at least a couple extra inches there um, in comparison to your height for your wingspan, right? You mentioned super short arms, small hands that that's just a, pretty small frame for a six, four athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, so that does bring into question the, the ceiling for him moving forward. Yes. He's got the youth and I'd much rather see that than someone who's about to turn 24 years old, like adult and Kincaid, but where's the room to 
pack on the extra strength and, and mass, that, that grown man strength that you're going to need in the NFL. I'm not sure that that ceiling is there that you normally look for from guys that have, you know, the long arms, the big hands, the big wingspan where you have, you have room to grow into that frame. There's no growing into Mayer's frame. He's pretty maxed out from a frame standpoint, uh, given what he measured in at. So that's a little bit concerning when you're just trying to uh, evaluate or determine ceiling as far as that goes. But the tape shows someone who is good at everything. And uh, also you mentioned, yes, his receiving prowess and ability. Just in watching his tape, he ran just about every single route. I'm just going through the tape and I'm like, oh, that's a, that's a corner. Oh, that's a, that's a post. That's a post corner. That's a comeback. That's a dig. That's the, and I'm like, okay, he's, he's, he's run the whole tree. And a lot of colleges, especially when it comes to tight ends, don't normally do that. They may have them more as a, uh, a short middle of the field type uh, player in their offense, or maybe someone down the seam or someone just for some quick out stuff outside of the numbers. He, he did it all. Part of that is because Notre Dame really didn't have much else going for it on offense at all. Uh, but part of it is also just because he could do it because he was or is that good of a player. So I think the long and short of it for Mayer to me is he's an above average athlete with a below average frame that does everything relatively well. I don't see the extra sort of juice and uh, or pep in his legs uh, that could really separate him athletically in the NFL, but he will start sooner than most tight ends and will start longer than most tight ends in the league. I'm just not sure he'll be demonstratively better than most tight ends in the league, at least most starting tight ends in the league, rather. I struggled this this uh, year, right? There's two prospects, uh, Jordan Addison and Michael Mayer, where I'm just like, they're such good football players, right? They like When you watch the tape, they're just great football players. They do everything well. And on tape, they look like they look better than everybody else. But then they go and they go to the combine and they don't perform and they don't show that they're gifted above other players. And you start to kind of question what you saw and trying to figure out where to value these people is really hard. So like Mayer's my number one tight end. But what that might mean to me is that like I don't take him, right? Like I might just say it doesn't it doesn't measure out. So I'm going to let somebody else take the risk. Right. And I'll, I'll take a risk when the next Kyle Pitts comes out. Right. Or next year, uh, Brock Bowers. Right. Maybe a guy like that comes out and that's when I want to take the risk. But I'm not going to jump on a Michael Mayer, especially in like the first or second round. It's really if he starts to fall where I start to find the value. If he ends up in the third or fourth round, I might start looking at him and saying, hmm, like that's pretty good value if he's as good of a football player as I think he is. But Ray, like how do you. Like, is there anybody else that you would say is this is just a really good football player about? And then how do you value that? It's it's interesting. And that varies by position, I think. So you mentioned two, and I think they're two really good examples in Mayer and Jordan Addison, right? So we'll probably get to some more deeper receiver conversations later on this week. But for someone like Jordan Addison, with the way the game is played and how it is more open and spread out and quick and timing based than than it has been in recent years. And it's just sort of continuing to trend that way, right? That sort of diminishes some of the negatives that you see uh, from Jordan Addison during the post-draft process or pre-draft process as it relates to his frame and, and some of his testing and things like that. I think a lot of that is mitigated by the position that he plays and how he can be used. Whereas if you're a tight end, if you're not 
a, a super tall, big framed, uh, down the seam sort of box out guy. That's great. Sure. Fine. You, you can be six, four and under 250 pounds, but then you should be that guy that runs a four, five, uh, you know, high four, four type, uh, athlete. And that's not mayor either. So he kind of gets caught in between, uh, from that standpoint. And it's the same. I, I agree with your thoughts there. It's like, okay, he doesn't check all the boxes that I'm looking for and, and everybody's different, right? Me personally, I'm, I'm the ceiling guy. I look, I look more towards the ceiling. A lot of people uh, go for the high floor guys. I'm, I'm willing to go more chase after a ceiling than, uh, than make sure that my feet are under me, so to speak with a high floor. Mayor's that high floor type guy that may not have the ceiling that you're looking for. And so for me personally, I look at someone with those measurements and go, okay, that's great. I know his tape is great, but how much better can he get given where he is size-wise, frame-wise, and everything uh, sort of athletically? So same thing. It's sort of that in-between where if he starts to fall, then I start to look at him. But uh, otherwise, in, in uh, you know the first round or so, first 30 picks, I'm, I'm going elsewhere. There's other things out there that intrigue me uh, from a tight end standpoint and just overall from other positions too. Uh, PFF Mike, uh, I'll give it to him. He, he made a really great comp for Michael Mayer. And once I had that in my mind, I couldn't unsee it, but I don't know how big this guy is. And I'm thinking you might, but he compared Mayer to Jason Witten. And from like a body perspective and tape perspective, I see so many similarities in their game, but I have no idea how big Jason Witten is. So I don't re really so, know if it's a good comp. Yeah. Jason Witten was six, six, two sixty five. So it, there's a difference. We're talking an extra 20 pounds and two inches there. Right. It, it, it matters. It, it makes a difference. And, and Witten should not have, I mean, he fell to the third round. He should absolutely not have, he was more athletic than he was given credit for. I don't know if it was just the freaking, blindingly weird uh tennessee orange that he was in uh throughout college or whatever but he should have went higher than he did uh because he has that more athletic uh profile than you think while also being a bit bigger than you think too because yes yeah, 6'6 255 he was close to that prototype size maybe not lengthwise but mm -hmm. he had he had the size and frame got it okay well let's move forward tell me about sam laporta yeah, so Sam Laporta, speaking of some of those movement uh, F tight ends, if you will, 6'3 and 3 eighths, uh, 245 pounds, uh, 10 and a quarter inch hands, which is which is really good. You like to see that. A 4'5940 with a 1.62 10 yard split. I uh, had a 35 inch vertical jump and a 10 foot 3 inch broad jump, uh, which are both really good numbers there. A six nine one three cone, which is outstanding, and a four two five twenty yard shuttle. So all those testing wise are are great for a tight end uh, when it comes to the athletic testing, right? The the height and weight is smaller than uh, than the prototype, but again, you have sort of that F movement role there in the NFL now, and I think that's where he fits in, and that's where guys like that sort of profile. So uh, in watching uh, Sam Laporta, I saw a lot of the same receiving traits of a Dalton Kincaid although he wasn't quite as good at the contested catch. He didn't necessarily box out defenders well uh, to make those tough catches, and he doesn't really have a massive frame where there's potential there for him to do that in the league. But I think he is a tad quicker, more sudden than Kincaid uh, in his routes, but not as natural of a catcher of the football either. So same profile as Kincaid, but different strengths and weaknesses, uh, if you will. 
Blocking wise, I thought he was a slightly better version of Kincaid, which is no surprise given that it's Iowa and there's really nothing else to do there but eat corn and run block. Uh, so it kind of makes sense. Um, he also played in a really bad offensive system where he just shined above everyone else and he was the only guy there as a focal point of the offense. So that, uh, you know, that kind of hindered him when defenses were really locking onto him and there was no one else there to really respect. Uh, lined up a lot at tight end and in the slot. So he's got that same sort of versatility in his game that we saw from someone like Mayer. So I think there's some overall comfort there. Um, he's a good athlete, but lacks sort of the, the plus frame, as I mentioned. To compare him to other recent Iowa tight ends, he's just a notch below Fant or Hawkinson athletically, but a more sound player than either of them. So, wow. yeah. Yeah, I was I was I was I was impressed by by what I saw just from that perspective. I do have some ceiling concerns because again, I'm ceiling guy and I just like to see bigger frames and uh but athletically, I thought he stood out a bit more than I was expecting while again, not to the level of those other two guys. Hmm. Yeah, I was I was curious if it was a lot of like helmet scouting with him, right? Cuz um he kind of came out of nowhere towards the end, you know, I I heard a lot about Mayor and um, Kincaid in Washington. And then all of a sudden you, you start hearing things about Laporta. And I see that Iowa helmet and I say, is it just helmet scouting? But like you said, we watched the tape. He's a really good football player. Like he does, he does everything pretty well. Um, one thing I like about him is he also lined up in the slot quite a bit. So has that true receiving ability that you'd like to see, that flexibility. Um, one thing I will say about Kincaid over guys like Mayor and Laporta is the drops, right? Yesterday I said, I think he had two drops on 165 targets or something like that. Uh, both Mayor and Laporta have a little bit more in their history. Uh, I think I'm looking at Laporta right now. He had six drops last year and 14 total. So mm -hmm. that is a big difference, right? Like being that true possession receiver that I said Kincaid was, I'm not sure Laporta has that. What do you think? Yeah, I, I agree that the drops are a concern and they weren't all focus drops, or at least they didn't appear to be, which which is a little, you know, it's it's a little nerve wracking because with his profile, he has to be a great receiver, a reliable receiver. He's not going to make up for it in the run game. So I, I don't think he's a natural catcher of the football. I just, I just don't. Um, but I think athletically he's a receiving threat. So it's just one of those deals. I mean, plenty of great players are not natural catchers of the football. I mean, Terrell Owens wasn't a natural catcher of the football and he's in my opinion, a top four receiver of all time. So um, I don't want people to look at his profile, go, okay, receiving tight end, but he doesn't catch the ball. Well, so I'm out on him. I think there's more to it than that. And I think he shows enough elsewhere in his game to where I'm willing to bring him in. And hopefully that's something that can improve as he gets time in the league. And I don't know if it's better coaching or what, or just more focus moving forward. Um, that could be it too. I mean, he was asked to be pretty much Mr. Everything at Iowa because they had nothing else to fall back on, on offense. I mean, I it, going back to watch his tape is rough because that Iowa offense is brutal. Um, if you, if you have trouble falling asleep, just go ahead and go on YouTube and watch them play what was it, South Dakota State or something like that uh, early on in the season, and it'll cure all your insomnia. So just something to keep in mind. There was a lot on his plate that could also be a part of it, but I don't think he's the most natural catcher of the football. 
you don't turn Iowa on for the offense. You turn it on to see Jack Campbell and Lucas Van Ness and the first white corner the NFL is going to see in 20 years. Like that's what you, that's what oh, you watch gosh. Iowa football for. <laughs> or punishment. I think you just watch Iowa football for punishment. So there's that too. It's a boring product. Yeah, it really is. But that's it. Thank you everyone for tuning in. If you haven't yet, please leave us a review wherever you listen to this podcast and give us a follow on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or TikTok at all 22 underscore PFF. I should replace that or with an end because follow us everywhere, right? Um, but yeah, thank you so much for tuning in and we'll uh, we'll be back tomorrow, maybe talking about some wide receivers. <laughs>